You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's show. Today, we're going to do something similar, but something different. We are going to talk movies, but we're going to talk about movie trailers. So one of my favorite podcasts uh, does, a, does a show called um, uh, Movie News Roundup. And in it, they talk a little bit about movie trailers, but they don't actually review the movie trailer. Today, Noah and I are going to review select movie trailers that we have seen about films that we are interested in, in going to watch. Now, we did share with each other which trailers we're, we're going to talk about. Um, and interestingly enough, I don't think Noah has any interest in seeing, maybe he has interest in seeing one of the three films I'm going to talk about. Um, and I think when he told me what films he was interested in talking about, I was only familiar with none of them. So anyway, with that, Noah, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, yeah, I actually just want to say, speaking of movies, um, it's, pretty interesting i haven't really gone and seen a movie in a theater unless it's just been a huge event like james bond or spider-man no way home i haven't really been doing my homework with trailers i can't say that i often watch them but i generally know when a movie's coming out like i've seen the batman trailer of course um and then Grace One, and there have been like 17 of them uh yeah i suppose so i mean you really can't miss it but then of course grace and i uh, went to go see a movie last night which was super nice and we saw a bunch of trailers um, but, uh, I think that these are some interesting ones that I've sort of caught over, uh, the course of time, especially during the Super Bowl. That was a really good way to see some, uh, trailers, but we still haven't gotten Kenobi, but I would like to see that very soon. We will. It's premiering in May. So we're going to see it soon. I bet in March. They better. They've barely done anything about it, but Look, regardless. The trailer is as good as the poster. We are in for quite a ride. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. I want it to be about 50 episodes, not six. I know, but less is more, as we always say. I know. Hey, before right. we get going, what, what movie did you see? Um, I saw Marry Me. It's with Owen Wilson oh, yes. and we Jennifer saw that. Lopez. Oh, did you? Yeah. We, we ah. saw it on Peacock. It's yeah, on Peacock. It was, oh, it's it's streaming? Uh-huh. Oh, why did I pay 30 bucks to go see that? Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I, paid, I paid $4.99 for the entire month. You know what's ironic so. about that, too? Grace and I probably watched maybe half a season of Parks and Rec on Peacock, probably. Uh-huh four hours later so i mean (laughs) if only we had looked harder but you know what the theater experience is great and that's sort of leads into today's show it's getting excited to go to the theater and see new movies that are it uh, is you know there's a there's a lot of good stuff slated for 2022 because a lot of the stuff that got pushed into uh back from 2020 and 2021 that hasn't necessarily um been shopped to one of the streaming services uh Mm -hmm. is now going to come out which is awesome and whether or not you uh, are liking the idea that big budget films and just premiere movies are not coming day one to HBO Max or Netflix or somewhere else, um, at least I think we can all agree that, um, you know, the movies is something to get excited about again, because I- I'd say that um, it's a much more viable uh, time to go into the theater than it was for the past two years. Yeah, I agree. We saw two movies in the theaters last year in all of 2021. Um, and you know me, I haven't missed it as well. We've talked about this on previous episodes, so I, I won't go back into it. But um, I'm game for some of these films. I, I won't see the same number of films that in the theater that I used to because 
you know, it's just easier to wait 30 days or 45 days for them to come to um, a streaming service. And since we have so many, I can enjoy it that way. But there are some that will get me in the theater and, and your mom likes movies in the theater. So I'll do that for her. I yeah. will sacrifice and, and go to the movies with my wife. Oh, wow. Yeah. You are just, you're braver than anyone going to the, going to the theater. All right. So um, let's go go first. All right. Me. All right. Yeah. So uh, number one, uh, this film kind of caught my eye because I only recently learned that it was coming out. So of course I had to watch the trailer for this one and it's called Elvis. Obviously it's a biopic about uh, the titular Elvis Presley. Um, And we've sort of seen a real explosion of these types of films in the past few years. Um, There's obviously the Elton John movie and there was the um, Bohemian Rhapsody, which was Queen. And I think there was a couple minorly successful ones here and there. Um, I did see a James Brown uh, one with um, Chadwick Boseman, which was quite good. It's called Get Up. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is looking to be a really, really solid movie. Um, First of all, the director is Baz Luhrmann, who directed The Great Gatsby and Romeo plus Juliet. Um, And and, uh, Moulin Rouge before your time. Yes, and Moulin Rouge. Uh, So obviously he has a flair for uh, the dramatic, you know, uh, a lot of style, a lot of big budget features. And some people love his work and some people don't. But this one really lends itself well to just how big of a star Elvis was. Austin Butler, who you might remember from um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as one of the antagonists, he plays Elvis. And I got to say, you know, for as unique of a person as uh, Elvis was in terms of his looks, they really kind of nailed down his style. I think he's about the closest that you can get to sort of the young Elvis from back in the day. But obviously, it promises to show um, a lot of how he got started, you know, how he just really changed the industry, especially with how he danced and how he played his music. And I think I really liked uh, it looks like they're going to pay homage to some of the uh, black artists that he took a lot of ideas and inspiration from uh, when it comes to his singing and, uh, you know, his songs and dancing. So I think there's going to be a lot of revealed in this movie that wasn't necessarily always told about when the Elvis story has been presented to people. So I think it's going to show a lot of um, clear history about where it came from, but also show a really interesting dramatized uh, sort of larger than life personality that he was. So all in all, this trailer is pretty darn good. It came out in the last, I want to say, two weeks or so, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a long one, but it's worth looking at. Also, Tom Hanks is in the film. Yep. So, you know, it's going to be at least partially good. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really name one bad movie with them. So. Okay. Well, um, I watched it because you told me about it. I watched it and and, and I'm not an Elvis fan, but your mom is. So um, I'll go. And it does look uh, interesting. It looks like it could be long. And, you know, that's a problem for me, but I'll move on. Great Gatsby was very long. So I would imagine this one would be pretty sizable itself. Did not see the film. Saw it, read the book, loved the book. Anyway, um, my first film is Lightyear. So we all know that this is about Buzz Lightyear. I guess it's an origin story because that's what we do now. We, we, we find a character and then we either create a sequel or we do a prequel. And in this case, we've had multiple sequels, so we're going for the prequel. Um, Buzz Lightyear is, of course, from the Toy Story trilogy. No, it's not a trilogy anymore. There have been four films. It's a quadrilogy. It is a quadrilogy. And um, I have to say that the I've only seen the trailer a couple times, and I did just watch it this afternoon again, just to sort of refresh. And I would say the first time I watched the trailer, I was not at all impressed. I thought it looked uh, very um, un- unexciting. 
and just sort of um, disappointing given my affinity for such a beloved character, right? Um, and I, I do fear that this film will have great expectations that simply cannot be met because part of the glory of Buzz Lightyear is that he is a part of a community of toys that we have all come to know and love. And even though Buzz and Woody are standouts and the leads in the Toy Story series, with, unless they make an appearance, which is doubtful because we know how they all come together, um, I have a fear that this might not be uh, the film that most people are thinking it will be. Now, with that said, Chris Evans is the voice of Buzz Lightyear, and cool. I like that. Um, I like Chris Evans a lot. little disappointed that Tim Allen isn't involved, but I can go with Tim Allen being the older Buzz Lightyear, right? Um, and upon re-watching the trailer today, it looks like it could be fun. Um, we get the origin story of Zerg as well, uh, which is going to be good. But I'm still not sure that I've seen anything in this trailer that has suggested to me that this is going to be anything different than an animated version of every space fantasy film that we have seen with a character that we already know and love. And I just hope that after the release of this film and after its run, people still know and love Buzz Lightyear. So for me, I'm a little disappointed in the trailer. All right, so let me clarify a couple of things. First of all, regardless of whether this movie turns out to be everyone's favorite or sort of middle of the pack, not as good. Uh, Toy Story is a fixture, especially in animation, and people are always going to remember Buzz and Woody from the Toy Story original saga. I would also like to clarify that this does not take place in this Toy Story universe, per se. This is, uh, you, so, you know how in the first movie, Buzz Lightyear had this memory, he had this idea that he was part of Star Command just because he oh, was yeah. a toy made for that. This yeah. is imagining if he was part of it. So it is Buzz Lightyear, but it's essentially that fantasy that he had going on, but he's in that world. So this is separate from the Toy Story universe. That's what I read, at least. So it's, a, it's essentially its own standalone, not reimagining, but just telling Buzz Lightyear if he was actually in Star Command. So it's a fun little spinoff in that way. Um, uh, this is an interesting trailer too because I actually saw stills uh, like gallery images before actually seeing the trailer mm -hmm. and have you ever just looked at a piece of technology or just seen something and thought to yourself wow we have come so far from where we were before the animation in this looks ridiculous I didn't even know we were able to achieve this level of CGI mm -hmm. I mean truly uh, I mean, the lighting was amazing. I mean, the movements are so fluid. I mean, Buzz looks almost too human in the way that, you know, they interact with one another. Um, I will agree that the trailer does look a bit sterile, per se. It doesn't look like it has its own distinctive Pixar flair to it, necessarily. But I'm going to see it either way. It comes out in June. I've seen the, I saw the poster in the movie theater last night. And, you know, I, while I'm not incredibly just falling out of my seat just to watch it it is toy story and i mean you know what it might be a really really great movie i think it's worth uh giving pixar always another uh chance you know they've done really great stuff and luckily i've missed most of their middle of the road stuff so yeah yeah well i'm gonna i'll see it i, I don't know if i'll see it in the theater or if i'll see it uh in 45 days after it comes to disney plus but we'll see gotcha gotcha all right what's up what's up next for you all right, up next uh, for me is The Black Phone. So I've seen cool. that trailer too. 
Yeah, so this is kind of fascinating because I think this movie was released very, very early to critics. Um, I remember reading a review probably in maybe September or October from one of my favorite outlets, and they gave the film a nine. Uh, and it has a 100% aggregate rating on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So obviously, there's a lot of uh, hype surrounding this film, and it is a horror movie, horror thriller per se. Um, but uh, let me go ahead and read the synopsis. It's uh, Ethan Hawke stars in it, and it's directed by Scott Derrickson, um, and the budget is $18.8 million. So kind of typical for a larger budget horror movie, I suppose. And the synopsis is, Finney Shaw is a shy but clever 13-year-old boy who's being held in a soundproof basement by a sadistic masked killer. When a disconnected phone on the wall starts to ring, he soon discovers that he can hear the voices of the murder's previous victims, and they're dead set on making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to Finney. So um, it doesn't sound like an incredibly original plot per se, but I think the trailer does a really good job on being subtle enough to you don't know exactly what the killer's motivations are and as to what is exactly going to happen in the movie. But you do know that uh, there's going to be a kidnapping and obviously there's going to be a crazy amount of, you know, jaw-dropping stuff that happens. But I think what it does best is it preys on maybe the most internal fears, I, I want to say, of Gen X's generation. You know, the whole don't go outside, you know, if you go outside and play, you might get arrested or you might get kidnapped, right? You know what I'm saying? Not arrested, yeah. but kidnapped, right? And I yeah. think I remember hearing that even when I was a kid, you know, don't talk to strangers, don't do whatever. Like, you know, if you see a van or whatever, uh, it, it, I think it just kind of shows how scary that is and how you don't think it could happen to you, but it could happen to anybody. So this is a really fascinating trailer that sort of promises something a little bit more unique. And Ethan Hawke usually has some pretty great roles in his films, and he's playing the antagonist here. So um, yeah, The Black Phone looks really good. It comes out in June, but I'm looking forward to seeing it because a lot of uh, outlets and critics are pretty much hyping it up. So having seen the trailer, I think it looks good. I have seen the trailer. I also think it looks good. Um... I think Ethan Hawke makes really good choices as far as films. I think he mm -hmm. elevates just about every film he's in. He's also not someone who has sort of fallen prey to the, I'm going to make all these big budget films over the years. He's had a long career and um, I really like the work that he does. And I think this looks like a, how do I say this? A, a, a good and uh, appropriate choice for the actor that we know Ethan Hawke to be. Yeah, certainly. I think that's yep. uh, uh, very well put. Uh, so let's go on to your next trailer. Okay, my next one is a trailer I've seen a few times now. And um, I, you know, I go back and forth. I don't really go back and forth. I'm not a big fan of video game um, adaptations. And I'm not sure if this film is an adaptation or is connected to a video game, but it certainly appears in the, in the trailer that it might be. Mm -hmm. This film is called The Lost City. Um, the um, synopsis is reclusive author Loretta Sage writes about exotic places in her popular adventure novels that feature a handsome cover model named Alan. While on tour promoting her new book with Alan, Loretta gets kidnapped by an eccentric, an eccentric billionaire who hopes she can lead him to an ancient city's lost treasure. Um, this has uh, Sandra Bullock, um, Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, and Brad Pitt. Oh, and wow. I know. And it's been made for $74 million. 
I don't know how they made it for $74 million since the four of them probably command a total of $74 million. <laughs> All of that said, I think this looks like a really fun movie. Sandra Bullock does a great job of balancing her, her serious films with her sort of lighthearted, you know, she did the Miss Congeniality film, she did the proposal, and she's really winning in those roles. And the same can be said for Channing Tatum, you know, he's really, he can be really, really funny, sort of self-deprecating. Um, and so I think you put the two of them together in a, in a, in a bit of a comedy, uh, adventure comedy, and you get probably something that could be really, really entertaining, or at least for me, it, it might not be highbrow, but, uh, you know, for me, Brad Pitt, I can take or leave Brad Pitt in a film, but um, I think the two leads make this a, a winning um, combination of um, casting for, for an entertainment, for an entertaining film. Yeah, I'm going to go see it. I think I will probably go see it in the theater just because um, it looks like it's just a lot of fun. Lost Treasure, uh, not reclusive, but yeah, she's described as reclusive you know, someone who doesn't want to come out of her shell kind of thing is put into a position where she's, um, you know, uncomfortable and that can make for a fun film. Yeah. Um, I saw a poster for it walking out of the theater and I think I saw maybe a preview of it. Um, mm -hmm. I do agree with uh, you on Channing Tatum. He was just hilarious and 21 and 22 jump street. And he's, yeah, he's really more talented than people give him credit for, you know, and he, I feel like he's been sort of fighting for, um, what do you want to say notoriety in these past mm -hmm. couple of years but another part of me is yeah. just like he's been around for the better part of a little over a decade I mean you know he's been in and out he's been in a lot of successes so I think he's just sort of being more picky about where he is he's in a movie mm -hmm. called dog right now um, I know he directed it and I actually want to see it because you know in case you haven't heard I kind of like dogs yeah so I suppose he was busy with that and Sandra Bullock I think she disappeared for a little while and she's sort of like coming back in more films and I think she's great and nearly everyone she's in but yeah. uh, regardless she makes good that, film choices she does she does but regardless of that this movie looks like Indiana Jones meets yep. Jumanji meets Jungle Cruise kind of yep. and I like the sort of buddy comedy aspect of it um it, it looks it looks like it could be a lot of fun so it looks a little bit like that film that just premiered this weekend with mark Wahlberg and um uncharted, uncharted. Yes. that one's based um, on a video game yeah i knew that one was based on a video game but that looks like it's 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 a fun couple of hours and, and this looks like it will be as well so i'm all in for the lost city sounds good cool okay cool. all right what's so your last one my last one is Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. So this one is directed by Sam Raimi, who is responsible for the Evil Dead franchise, Drag Me to Hell, and Spider-Man movies, of course. Um, he's been all over. He's done amazing work. And what I like most about Sam Raimi is that he's a horror director through and through, but he adds a lot of crazy comedy to these sort of, it's very off the wall, offbeat humor to a lot of the stuff he does. So you might think, okay, he's a horror director. But he also did the first three Spider-Man movies, all of which were very good and very popular. And now he's directing another Marvel film. And this one is obviously for Disney. But this trailer is pretty wild. And I'm not really as subscribed. Um, I'm not really as enrolled into the Marvel uh, fandom as I used to be. I mean, I like the movies when I've seen them. But I kind of quit after Endgame a little bit. And even beforehand, uh, I've missed some of the movies. But this one looks really good. And I did see No Way Home, which is a fantastic film. And I believe this plays off of a decision that was made in No Way Home. So it's essentially about 
what could happen if the multiverse opened up? What untold horrors and theories that you proposed could actually happen and come into the real world? And of course, there's infinite possibilities when it comes to Doctor Strange. And I think Benedict Cumberbatch plays him extremely well. So I'm excited about this one. It's uh, composed by Danny Elfman, which is great. He's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a staple. And uh, obviously, I really love Sam Raimi's work. And I think it's super cool that they're going to let him sort of focus on a little bit more dark horror into this rather than just the lighthearted, very jokey action comedy that Marvel usually goes for, which can work to their benefit a lot of the time. But still, um, this one looks really cool. And it does look very unique, especially as we're moving on from the original sort of Iron Man era Mm -hmm. of Marvel films. So I'm excited about it. Should be a really, really, uh, it should be a really, really fun time when I go see it in the theater. Oh, also, the Batman does come out very soon, by the way. Uh, March 4th. Yeah, I'm going to see it next Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that March 4th? Yes, it is. March 3rd. Yeah. Third. Yeah. You know, it's three hours long or longer than that. I mean, it's a superhero film, it's a Batman film. It's like three and a half hours or something. Yeah, I said it's, it, I saw it said like, I want to say, 174 minutes or like 214 minutes i can't remember it was it was a long it was a pretty hefty runtime i want to see it but i don't think i can do it i just can't do it unless you come back and you say that was amazing i don't know we'll see um okay well my last one is a film is the one film that uh is going to get me out of my house into the theater this year and it is jurassic world dominion (laughs) i i've talked about how much i love the book jurassic park the original back from 1990 Mm -hmm. i am so excited about another jurassic park film because i have unlike most people i have loved the last two the last one which i don't even remember the name of jurassic park kingdom fallen kingdom yeah that's what it was the first half was amazing um so anyway, I, I'm all about watching people get eaten by dinosaurs. It's a lot of fun um, just to see. And this looks like it could be, you know, this is the sort of the, this is the the concluding chapter of the Jurassic Park films. And quotations. So they say, right, exactly. Because not only are they, um, you know, not only are we going to see um, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, but they're bringing back the originals and Jeff Goldblum, uh, Sam Neill and Laura Dern. So yeah. we're combining both generations of the Jurassic uh, Park films into one, which makes me nervous because it could make for a very long film. But I just watched the trailer again, and I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm all in. I am all in for these Velociraptors. I am all in for what we have seen six other times, or however many movies there have been, five other times. But Count me in for Jurassic World Dominion. I think it comes out in June. Um, there was a really winning trailer. The very first trailer, I don't know if you saw this, was when they were promoting the Olympics. And um, was it the down- one that most recently came out? It was the doubt. Down- no, this is the this was just a bit of a short teaser trailer, but there were skiers, uh-huh. you know, skiing down a mountain, and they heard something, and behind them was uh, a velociraptor. Oh, that's pretty cool. And of course, they get to the bottom and there's a T-Rex there. And of course, the Velociraptor runs away because the T-Rex is is there to, you know, sort of save the day. That'd be a horrible yeah, situation. What, super no, cool that would be, but it was super cool. So anyway, yeah. I would 
I'm all in for this. I'm looking forward to it. And so that's my third and final trailer review, um, Jurassic World Dominion. Nice. Okay. Um, well, I have to say I've been less kind about the Jurassic Park films, especially since uh, they've sort of rebooted them or redone them uh, since 2015. I did enjoy Jurassic World enough. It was fine. Um, Fallen Kingdom, not like at all. Oh my um, gosh. The first half of that was amazing. Yeah. When they're on the island, it was pretty good, but oh yeah. my gosh, the rest of it just. <sighs> yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. It was, but you know, again, I'm all in for people getting eaten by dinosaurs. Fair enough. But I mean, the first that I watched that trailer, uh, the more, the most recent one that they released and mm-hmm. you know, just the people on motorcycles, driving away from the velociraptors these high speed stakes chases like i like cgi but you know the it made me go back and watch the first jurassic parks uh best scenes you know the one where the t-rex eats the lawyer at like where it escapes for the first time yeah and um they're hiding under the car that is just a master class intention almost no words were spoken throughout that seven to nine minute scene and that's mm-hmm. just the Jurassic Park I love. I don't mind CGI, but that is practicality mixed with, you know, special effects that really created an amazing product. And I know that you can't recreate a classic like that five times in a row, but I enjoyed the first three a lot. Um, and then Jurassic World came out, Fallen Kingdom did not like, I just don't think I'm going to see this. It looks fine, but I just don't feel like it's, a conclusive i don't feel like the series has anything to conclude necessarily right well here's what we're gonna do no well no they gotta tie it all up right because you know i guess chris pratt and bryce dallas howard are ready to do something else although if they dangle a certain amount of cash in front of them they'll be ready to come back for another one but uh the the budget is 174 million dollars and you know it'll make that on the first weekend and um so we'll see what happens now what we're gonna have to do is we just named six films yeah. What we need to do is we need to um, go see. You need to see the three that you referenced. I need to see the three that I referenced. And then we will come back either in one episode at the end of the year, once we've seen all these or whenever they're coming out, or in six different episodes and talk about how the actual film met our expectations. Probably I, in one episode. I really don't want to see the new Jurassic Park movie. I'll watch the other ones. You can be just super quiet during that uh, during that podcast <laughs> i'll just let you rant yeah i don't really want to see elvis but i'm going yeah yeah so all right well, that's what i got cool well let's move on to our check it out section so um if you haven't heard in the news movie pass is making a comeback so stacy spikes the co-founder and ceo has been teasing it for some time, and this time it is supposedly supposed to track your eyes when you watch advertisements. Um, I don't know how they're integrating advertisements into this experience, but um, I just can't imagine uh, how this will be a viable... I mean, the original business model was ridiculous. It was too good to be true, which is why we all took advantage of it back in 2017, 2018. But uh, I do want to talk about uh, Regal Unlimited, or AMC A-List. Uh, these are basically what MoviePass uh, essentially found in its wake once it sort of closed down. These are really, really cool services. And you were talking about maybe not being able to go see enough movies this year, but I think that there is an amazing opportunity to see a lot of great films. And I'm somebody who will go to the theater 
two or three times a month, if not more. Uh, but you should definitely I check out these services. Me. It's AMC A-List and Regal Unlimited. Regal Unlimited does have a 90-day free trial um, that you can use. And you can see however many movies you want, even in one day, any day of the week. Pretty awesome stuff. And um, there's also discounts that are applied and whatnot. Um, I think the starting price is $18.99 a month, which might be hefty for some people. But if you go to the movies twice in a month, you've already paid for it. So there's mm-hmm. advanced seating, and I promise we're not sponsored. But I just learned about this uh, yesterday after my glorious return we were. to the movies since, I want to say, December. And um, it was pretty cool. And I'm thinking about investing in it because, I mean, there's going to be quite an explosion of movies coming out from March to December, I want to say. So I might, I, might, I might go looking into it. Okay. Well, if you do, let me know. Um, what what – what uh, film or uh, company owns the uh, Alamo Draft House, or is that independent? That's not independent because there's some in Texas. I know that. You know, I'm not sure if they're franchised or if they're part, uh, if they're owned by one specific company. Um, let me check in on that. Uh, what do you? Uh, in the meantime, what's your suggestion? Yeah, my uh, weekly recommend is a TV show that I watched an entire season of on an international flight yesterday, and. Um, <laughs> It's a show that I had seen once or twice before, so I knew that I liked it enough to try it out uh, mm-hmm. on the flight yesterday. And it was, it is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Hmm. So this, have you seen? Have you seen it? I've watched a few episodes. I remember when it premiered back in what 2013 or so, and I always thought it uh-huh. looked perfectly watchable. But I've heard uh-huh. great things about it, and it just came to an end, right? Not too long ago. It just came to an end, yeah. And this was. This was season six, and it was only a short season. I think it was season six. But anyway, it was a short season. But I have to tell you, you know, they're 21 minutes apiece because mm-hmm. obviously no commercials. And I had 10 and a half hours on that flight. No, on that one, it was eight and a half. But it was hilarious. It was really funny. And as I sat there watching it, I thought, hmm, I think this will be my weekly recommend because I'd like to now go back and watch it. I don't know. It's probably on Peacock. I think it is. I thought it was a Fox show, but then I guess it maybe it was an NBC show. I don't know. I'm going to find where I can stream it. Maybe your mom and I will watch it um, because it's just really, really funny. So um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Andy Samberg, check it out. Oh, yeah. Um, well, Grace and I are watching Parks and Rec over again and then uh, Breaking Bad over again. And I got to say, it's just, it's just great TV. It's just great TV. But you know what? That's my main problem. When I really, really like a TV show or a movie – I won't try something new out like later on when it's time to look for something new. I'll just go back and say, oh, you want to watch The Office again? Or you want to watch yeah, Parks and Rec see, again? Unless it's, a, unless it's a sitcom, again? I can't do that because, you know, well, I've watched um, Friday Night Lights twice. Hmm? But um, I uh, and but if, it, it's a sitcom, if it's a sitcom, I can watch The Office a lot. I can watch The Middle over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again and laugh like I've never seen it before. But I can't like Mad Men. Your mom and I talked about rewatching that. Love that show, but I just don't think I can invest that much time again. So I think you'd be surprised. I mean, obviously, I am childless and I am not married, so I have a little <laughs> more time on my hands. But um, yeah, because your mom and you and Luke take up a lot of my time these days. Oh, so much time. But yeah, I mean, I think you'd be actually be surprised by how much you forget from tv shows you even love uh especially with breaking bad i was watching the first season over again and i remembered some significant events but there was some stuff where i was just thinking to myself i don't remember this at all and it was like watching sort of a new show but me 
completely knowing, like going into it, uh, what the deal was. So I didn't have to sort of figure out all the characters over again and everything. It was pretty cool stuff. But to answer your question, Alamo Drafthouse, um, it actually filed for bankruptcy in the past year or so. Um, <laughs> and uh, it has emerged from Chapter 11 bankruptcy after securing a sale to private equity group Altamont Capital Partners. So there you go. It is owned by a private equity firm. Okay. Well, yeah. I was just curious. I want to go have that experience. And I'm Have you not been? Any... No. Oh, no. that is another thing to recommend. Just go to the Alamo Drafthouse. Oh, my gosh. Super cool. I mean, well, I kind of like for you to go too. So we'll have to find a movie. Um, I'll have to find a movie that uh, looks good to both of us and maybe end up going during the summer. Cause I think yeah. right now it's a bit quiet up until June. Okay. All right. All right, then. Well, that's today's episode. We yeah. Hope that this has been uh, helpful and informative and kind of fun to listen to get our thoughts because, you know, obviously we have opinions on things. And so, like Funny. I said, we're going to come back in uh, a few months after or several months after we've watched, you've watched your three, I've watched my three, and then we're going to talk about how um, the trailers and our uh, observations or opinions of the trailer sort of lived up to the actual film itself. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, okay. thank you very much for sticking with us for another week, and we will see you next time. I'm Noah. Noah will, Noah will be heavily promoting this on social media this week. Uh, we invite you to, to give us five, a five-star rating. That helps our podcast grow. Anything else you want to say, Noah? Uh, I just want to say that I'm Noah. And I guess I'll say I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk.